0: It's Monday night, 10 o'clock, and that means a brand new episode of Graphic Policy Radio, that show that mixes comics and politics. This is the show for the people that see right through the bullshit that is the criticism of Beyonce's performance. Uh, it's <laughs> been a while since we've had uh, a normal Graphic Policy Radio show, uh, and we've got a guest joining us uh, tonight. But
1: before we introduce her, I want to kick it over to my co-host, Alana. How you doing? I'm good, you know, I feel like we probably have a certain amount of our listenership who's wondering, do you guys ever just talk about comics anymore? So <laughs> hopefully with this episode, the answer will be yes, we do. We also review comics shows, but yes, we do talk about comics.
0: Yes, yes, we do. Um, and we're going to get back to that. We've only got one more episode of uh, Joseph for Jessica to go and then on to back to the normal schedule. Uh, but joining us tonight... For our uh, what seems like a rare normal show, uh, we have a guest uh, you might know her as the Blurred Girl on Twitter and various other uh, social medias. We've got uh, Kara Mahorn is a freelance commercial video editor by day and comic book reading, anime watching, TV live tweeting, K-pop listening blog writing, superhero geek girl by night. Uh, she's on a mission to shine a light on both characters and sequential artists of color, and she provides commentary reviews and interviews on her popular Tumblr and official website, Uh She's one of the people that I read, uh, and I love seeing what she has to say, so it's someone we've wanted to have on the show for a while, and we finally get a chance. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for joining us.
2: Hi, guys. Thank you so much. Brett, that was an... Awesome intro
0: with like Beyonce <laughs> and everything. Like oh my god! <laughs> I try to use like yeah. I always try exactly. to think of like something relevant, something like smartass. I and it just seemed like the right <laughs> thing. I, I've been reading like all this news and seeing the news. I'm like oh this is such shit. Like are you guys kidding me? It was a performance. Get over it. Yeah. Like exactly. Like most. Of
2: the, it's funny because I was. <laughs> I, 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 was, I don't watch this in the world like I used to. And it's funny because I remember not really talking about a lot of that stuff today. And I saw the performance and I was like, really? This is, this, is, this is what we're talking about now? This is
3: what's awful about the world? Okay. Yeah,
0: I saw one tonight that I loved, which was like, this is what Beyonce wore. This is what pin-up girls from like whatever the 40s and 50s wore. It was a lot last. people, like chill, It's relaxed, but moving on. Uh, well, thank you for getting us. <laughs> you've, uh, you've been someone that we've wanted uh, on the air for quite a while now, so great to have you. Oh,
2: thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. I like you guys. Um, well, I've been listening to Jessica Jones saying, I was saying before we came on, that I kind of mainlined Jessica Jones when I came out, so it's kind of funny when I sit back and I listen to people as if a- each episode, and I'm like, oh, wait till this happens. Wait till that happens. Wait till they get there. So it's kind of fun listening to you guys,
1: like, get to those moments. <laughs> well, that's great. I've been really wondering how our listeners regard the way we've done the, particular, the show, you know, because there was just no way that we could marathon 13 episodes of podcasting as quickly as people yeah. are going to marathon the show.
0: Right. So that would be I'm really I'm interesting glad you at, at some point.
2: Yeah no 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 it totally works it totally works
3: yeah so I
2: I'm surprised because you guys did do um although you you didn't do much comics but your comic book um like end of the year epic <laughs> <laughs> like, like was awesome like I still go back sometimes and go oh you know what I didn't read that let me go check that out <laughs> so that was your oh, wow. that was that was your epic comic book thing so I I um. I didn't realize that you guys hadn't been doing comic stuff until then, but I liked that episode. (laughs) Do more
1: like that. Cool. Yeah, the usual format is that we usually have episodes where we just talk about comics news and comics reading and political stuff with respect to comics, like on a weekly basis, and then we'll have guests on who we'll interview who are comics writers and things like that. And that's just generally been our standard format for sort of the time. So, yeah. Um, but, you know, one of the things that we – because the episode, uh, our our best comics of the year in review episode, which is available for download on our website on iTunes, um, we, we had so many different comics to cover. One of the things we really didn't get to talk about at all are the comics that we're looking forward to reading in 2016. Um, mm-hmm. And I know that a couple of the things that we put together when we were talking about this episode, actually – were a conversation sort of about well what are we looking forward to reading in the new year um well oh, you know what i realize i'm getting a bit ahead of myself because we haven't actually uh Brett you said you wanted to talk a little bit about how about how you you uh you first got into comics
0: yeah it's it's a question we always ask like, the creators that come on and i i just like asking guests in general like how did you get introduced to comics and geekdom
2: um Okay, well, first of all, I come from, like, a family of geeks. I tell people this all the time. They don't believe me until they visit me. Like, I have, we have a family uh, subscription to Crunchyroll. Like, I'm not even joking. <laughs> <laughs> like, my mother watches, like, Korean dramas, and I watch anime, and my brothers watch their, like, um Actually, sometimes they're watching, they, they, I, they don't know I can see, but sometimes they're watching some of the soap operas, too, and we're all watching uh, anime and stuff like that. So we've my brothers are twins, they're younger than me. I'm the oldest. And we've all been like those guys. We're the band geeks, orchestra geeks, uh, computer geeks. <laughs> we were, you know, we're sort of. So I actually got in through animation because, where we lived, it wasn't like you could just kinda of go down the street and go get comics. So I got into mm-hmm. animation and then when my brother started collecting I would just steal their stuff. Um and video and, and video games stuff like that. So I probably was yeah I was uh, nine or ten, you know, and then but here's the thing. There was stuff coming I'm about to date myself, but there was stuff oh. going on, on T V that I was like totally into all of the old Mecca stuff like Voltron and things like that. So all of those, all the Transformers, all of them, all of the GI, hmm. the GI Joe before was a parody of itself. All that stuff. Um, and yeah. Then, and and also Star Trek. Um, because it was funny because we were like my parents really 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 stressed um, education, so it was like no TV. We had very little TV watching. So when we had it, it was like. All those animated shows, and then like martial arts films. <laughs> so, um, but what I we were allowed to watch was Star Trek, and and the moment I saw Uhura, I was like, oh, that's it. When I grow up, I'm gonna be in a spaceship and be cute in a little dress and have a gigantic <laughs> earpiece. That's I want to be that when I grow up. Um, and then what, what what Uhura did was start forming this thing in my head. I had never thought that I couldn't, like, my parents, like, that. there was never, I'm not saying, like, I didn't know there was certain, like, you know, um, racism exists and things like that, but but it it was never talked about like that in my household, like, you have to do better because everybody's going to hate you. or whatever. It wasn't talked about like that, but excellence was really true. And I just thought that, well, her was that representation of excellence. That sort of informed a lot of things that I was around. And then one day... I, um, a friend of mine came to school and had, um, the amazing Spider-Man, uh, it was an annual, annual 16, and it was in the 80s, I want to say it was 81 or 82, and he was looking at it, and I'm like, wait, 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 what is that? Because I had seen, like, by that time, you know, you'd seen X-Men, you'd seen, like, Power Man you'd seen things like that, but I'd never seen, like, a black woman, because basically, even though it was Spider-Man... This is it was the uh, it was the issue that they introduced Captain Marvel, aka Margaret.
3: Oh, yeah. That, and
2: and so I was like, wait, I need to stop. Like I was like jumping my friend in a cafeteria, like let me see this. Um, and like I said, we didn't live really live near where I see a comic or whatever, so I would have to like every day like give him lunch or something so that I could read this. And I was just, you know, her whole thing with um, her whole storyline, you know, basically being exposed to the chemicals. She was a cop, and she was exposed to the chemicals, and basically that gave her her powers. It's mm-hmm. so, so, you know, the the usual trope of the if you're not uh, the uh, Marvel trope of if you're not born with it, <laughs> you get uh, you, you, you're uh, given your powers through some crazy accidents. That's how she got the yeah. powers, but I just was, but I just was so, like, fly pants to, like, amazing hair, handling it, like, she was the Olivia Pope of the comic book, and then on top of everything else, she had this amazing outfit, so I was like, mm-hmm. at that point, that really, in terms of comics, that's where I sort of got hooked, and then it wasn't always, let me see what other comics I could find with somebody African American or a woman in in them. Because at that time there were so few. But at, but it basically it did inform the way I started looking at things. Like there could be characters like this. I should look for things like this. And I I had been um when I, I went to um when I went to school I was around a lot of um artists and actors and things like that and there was always a always around people that were creating. So even though I didn't grow up to be a comic book creator. Um, I've always known a lot of independent artists and stuff like that. So it was so, it's always weird to me when I hear, oh, my God, we don't have any (laughs) fill-in-the-blank, you know, in comics. And it's so weird to me because I know, I've known people that have drawn all types of um, forms of art, including sequential art, for years. And I'm like, yeah, they're right over here. And I just, Started being mm-hmm. that person for like indie artists around women of color, female, you know, female artists. Um, just among my friends and everything. It's like, oh no 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 no. Yes, I did like the mainstream stuff too, but I always knew the girl storylines better. Like I actually um, was just in a little <laughs> Twitter discussion with somebody who was saying that they didn't think the Black Widow's character had enough backstory to carry an entire movie. I'm like,
3: What? Are what?
2: Right. Like, have you ever read *The Red Room*? Have you ever, like, what? So that—that's kind of like what I've always done with all my friends. So when I started, um, I started blogging on Tumblr because I was like, ah, I wonder if anybody cares. And a lot of my friends were like, well, duh, of course, this is something you do. So I started writing about other characters I thought were really interesting, and everybody was, um, like everybody was all a couple years ago. Up at arms when they all of a sudden they're like, oh, they're going to make Falcon Captain America. This is groundbreaking. I'm like, no, he's done it before. <laughs>
3: you know? And
2: even the whole um, other storyline that was written under, you know, Truth um, that came out in the 90s that was sort of likening, um, it basically told the, the story of um, the black Captain America um Isaiah Bradley who was basically mm-hmm. given the super super serum super soldier serum, excuse me. Like I they were likening the story, of paralleling it to the Tuskegee experiment, experiments.
3: So but like, not like
2: he wanted to take it, he was just given it. And, with and on, was experimented on World War Two things like that. But so it's sort of like this other version of the story happening, um parallel to Captain America and at one point they do me. So I've always been like really interested in all these little smaller stories and one-offs the things that kind of jump out at you and that's kind of where where it all
1: came from. That's really great. You know, I really think that like one of the important services that people who blog about comics are performing essentially for fandom is letting people know what kind of stuff is out there that other folks aren't going to come and find on their own and Just, like, really shattering people's assumptions. So you're on a roll doing both of the above, and uh, that's one of the reasons we're really glad to have you on the show.
3: (laughs) Oh, thank you. Yeah, I mean, I think the other thing that's really
2: interesting, is it's not always the new thing. Like, a lot of people are like, you know, we need this. And I'm like, no, we have that. Like, someone was talking about, and I do agree that we need more, quote, unquote, um, disabled characters
3: do believe that there's a
2: birth of those but there have been some and but the, the problem is the way even that is handled when you're trying to do like diversity in comics the problem is you can't if you're gonna be the per, the person that's writing about it or, or or the uh the publisher that's putting it out, you can't just sit up and say, Go find me somebody fill in a blank you know, black, female, Latina, um mm-hmm. Native American. You can't just you have to actually research the story because otherwise you're just going to see it through your glasses. Like if I take my glasses off and give to you, you're not going to be able to see it because it's a different prescription. Like you can't look and, and you can't keep saying like, oh, you know, we tried to put this out. We tried to put that out and it just didn't work. It didn't resonate with people. Um, I hear that argument sometimes with um, Misty Knight when they put out that Marvel did that god awful Misty Knight Daredevil. I honestly, <laughs> I don't even want to say what well, like the year it came out of this, or the title because I don't think I don't want anybody to read it. But it was just bad. It was it was it was sexist. It was borderline racist. It was bad. And it, see, we tried it. Nobody really liked your story. It's like, no, you told the story the way you think people want to hear it. You need to get down and actually have a conversation with the people who want to read that story, and see what it is that you could um, could bring to it. I, I think it's sad that a lot of these characters actually go the way that um, the dinosaur. Like, um,
1: mm-hmm.
2: this is when I was like, um, like Echo. Do you guys remember Echo from Marvel?
1: Yes, I do. Echo yes. from Daredevil. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and Echo is actually the first, Like, okay, she's na- first of all female, Native American. And Latina and
3: Death. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep.
2: And she was the, yep. she was actually the first person to um to be Ronin. She was actually the first person to wear the mantle of Ronin. Before yep. Hawkeye did. And or in Captain America and everybody else to pick up that mantle. And it's like these type of characters, but then you then you up see other characters. Technically, um people forget They're devil's disabled. He's blind. Mm -hmm. People forget, um, technically, Iron Man could be considered considered disabled. He has a prosthesis that keeps his heart going, not in the cinematic universe, but, you know, in the past. So, unfortunately, like, even even that's an example of, let's just make this so they've overcome their issue. And I don't think, like, once again, did you talk to anybody who was disabled before you made this? You know, I think the way Gail Simone handles... Oh God! What's her name? Birds of Prey. Ah.
0: hmm uh, Barbara uh, Gordon. Gordon.
2: Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oracle. Oracle. Yes. I thought, <laughs> yeah, I thought that the way she handled that was brilliant. Um, but the same thing happens when you're—I when think you're—you're you're talking and you're looking at these other characters. So I think I look for characters I find interesting that are everyman, but also have these—they um, have a journey to go on, but also they have some depth. You know what I mean? It wasn't
1: yeah. like, hey, let's make them this so we'll sell more comics. Yeah, there are they're, they're, they're these great gems of characters that have people who love them already and just never got the promotion that they needed to have an audience built. You know, like if you tell people... I'm so convinced that there's a huge audience out there for Misty Night. We have a, mm-hmm. a weekly roundtable... Um, at graphicpolicy.com where contributors sort of talk about different ideas and the one that we went with this week which black superhero characters or actually just in general comic characters do really think need a solo series and you know my whole pitch for Misty Knight is like just have a straight up you know detective book featuring her being a detective like could have a very noir inflection it could take place Today or in the seventies, like if it's the seventies, it's an else world, so to speak. But you know what, that's fine. Right. I would love to do noir. that. They could do like a,
2: exactly. they could do a noir version of the awesome.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: The clothes, I, you know, fabulous. like
1: just do that, right? And you know, so she's an apparent she's a character that appears in uh, Captain America right now, but she's not, you mm-hmm. know, run the show. Most people probably don't even know that she's in Captain America, so you know they don't know that there's this awesome African American female character who's been around for a long time and is awesome like that they could be reading it's something that people will find out about
2: I always wanted so, although I'm sure somebody in fan fiction has already done this but I've always wanted like because you know how she got her arms from Tony Stark right Mm-hmm. I want her I always wanted her to like come visit Tony and he's like wasted or something as usual <laughs> Because <laughs> needs puts tune up on her arm, <laughs> and they get into this discussion whether or not it's civil war or anything else about like, because she was always very no nonsense, and and she would have no tolerance for Tony's bullshit. So mm. I, I I've always wanted like that scene to happen. I don't care what movies it's in. I just want her to you know kind of roll in and be like, really, this is what we're doing now, really.
3: Like he used to be a
2: genius, okay. Um but yeah, there's a lot of I think you're right. I would be a, I would be the front line to buy that, you know, character. But if, who are who's a character, like any nationality, I don't care, that, that you, you would love to see brought forth It's not getting a lot of love.
0: I was the one that threw out Misty Night, like everyone seems to have wanted Misty Night theory. <laughs> yeah, I'd see like my so my favorite one lately with her was the Heroes for Hire revamp that had her, that was like mm-hmm. a slight riff on Warriors, on the Warriors,
3: mm-hmm. and she
0: was controlled.
3: Yeah.
0: It was just, I loved that miniseries. And I, I threw out like, I would love that, except you could twist it a, real, a little bit instead of having like the gang running, it would be villains like after their, their um, their heist are on the run. And mm-hmm. Misty Knight's kind of bringing in her team to kind of take them down. So like every Maybe arc or so, like things would shift up a little bit. Characters would kind of come in and out, but it was like it's her thing. Um, I just think it would be awesome. It would kind of be almost like the Warriors meet Silver Sable back in the. Day. Oh,
3: that'd be
2: nice. Yeah. Silver Sable,
3: wow.
2: <laughs> um, yeah, there's, there's, there's some. Um, what if, and I mean that's mainstream. I know you guys talk a lot about indie stuff here too. What are some of the indie? Because I always learn something when you guys bring up indie stuff. Who are some of the. Um, Indie um,
0: artists and, and, and comics, you guys are into it now. The one I just read that blew me away, I didn't know anything about it, was, uh, i got to bring it up because I, I want to actually get like the company right, uh, is the series Haas? Haas? I don't know. With the yes. I uh, didn't know anything about it, and I, I found out about it through Comics Talk. Um, and mm-hmm. the uh, the creator reached out and was like, hey, can you review these? And we're in like, the process of writing the actual review. Um, and I and one of the other guys was like, oh, I, I'm kind of, you know, I'm up for reviewing it. I'm like, okay, fine. He finished it, and he, he was like pinging me, being like, dude, you got to read it. 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 And I'm like, yeah, 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 whatever. And I read it last week on, my, on uh, my commute for work, and I came through. I was like, holy shit. Like, how is this not on more people's radars? Uh, huh, what uh, is
1: this? I know nothing of this.
0: So actually
2: I didn't I didn't hear about it. I heard about it on the beat, I think. I was reading I think yeah, I did not know today, something about it.
0: Yeah, today there was something up on it. Uh so it's uh, uh, approbation comics. Uh mm-hmm. writer is B. Alex Thompson, Frederico Santagati is I think the artist. Um basically the story is starts off really kind of like a slice of life story. Uh main character is um like going to school well it starts off with kind of like where he's at at this point but he's he's just going to college black guy um you kind of learn about him his you know parents died stuff like that like it's just a slice of life and he's just trying to uh, like meet this girl and go on a date with a girl and then there's a twist and i really don't want to say what the twist is and it's just like Mm -hmm. what the hell did i just read um and it's it's really good and how it's done and it's um, I could, I would say it feels like, uh, American History X in comic form from the other side.
3: What?
0: Yeah.
2: Okay. It's, it's, this is going on the
0: list. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, highly what? recommend it. One, I just, it was one of those, like, I wouldn't know anything about it other than finding out through through Twitter and the person reaching out. It was a, a Gliffel Comics nominee in, uh, 2014, so a couple years old, but, Mm-hmm. really freaking good.
3: And that's oh, the thing. Like,
2: some, days I sh- some days I feel like I'll never catch up because there's so many yeah. things out there. And, and that is the nice thing about Twitter. It's because you'll, you'll <clears throat> sometimes something just comes across my dash or I'll follow certain people I'm going, wait a minute. I haven't heard of that. Back up, back up. <laughs>
0: I'm trying to to um, get things under control in that department because there's a lot that I haven't read yet and I need to.
1: I know, like uh, Brett was getting on my case for a long time about how I hadn't read Tomboy and I, which is yeah. a boom title, and I had I didn't like action, the covers. Action Live. sorry, yeah. sorry, action Live. Oh, I didn't like the covers, and I didn't like. The, I felt that the comic book's title seemed bizarre to me like it seemed like it was implying that any girl who was like super heroic and like played hockey was necessarily a tomboy when it's like it could be but maybe not that doesn't necessarily mean anything or the other so i was kind of prejudiced to not like it based on those factors but brett read it and brett said no you need to read this and, be beginning this, and it is very good um it's definitely like a disturbing comic with an interesting concept oh, yeah and um, mm-hmm. it wasn't at all what I had expected, and it feels pretty darn fresh, and the art is well executed. And, uh, yeah, I've been liking that so far. But I have so many, there's so many things coming up this new year that I'm just like, you know, I, 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 I've I been told that David Walker will come back, Sanford Green perhaps will join him to talk about Power Man and Iron Fist soon with us. Oh, yeah. No, that, that's, Can't
2: wait. that's awesome. And if, and the artist um, that's working with him on it, Sanford Green. Mm-hmm. has been doing these in- incredible, incredible um, daily pencil sketches, if, if you're if you on Instagram. So the, I think he's putting them up on Facebook, too. Stanford has um, like been doing, um, for uh, Black History Month, he's just picking different, like, people from history. And, I mean, and it's all, I think, uh, it's not pencils, but, but it is ink. I don't know if it's a Coptic pen or not, but... He, it's all literally paper and this one implement is what I'm saying. And he, his, his shading, his depth, his work is amazing. I'm a big Sanford Green fan. And, of course, I'm a David Walker fan. Shaft um, and Cyborg and stuff like that. So, yeah, Power and Iron Fist. The other thing that I'm really excited about with, <laughs> with Power and Iron Fist is the way Sanford is drawing Iron Fist. Like, he's all, like... Fluffy and dropping stuff, and his like his 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 outfit doesn't look like it's completely tied together and stuff. but like, he looks like, yes, I could you know pull the powers
3: and, <laughs> you know,
2: but I and I could you know kill you with my
1: mind, but I
2: could cut myself shaving, and I just, yeah. I just like the way he's drawing him. <laughs>
1: Yeah, the art has a lot of character in the sense, like that. He, 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 uh, both of the characters just have so much personality. The way he, the way they're drawn by Sanford Green, you mm-hmm. know.
2: Yeah, he's one of those artists I love because he. The, a lot of the energy, like he doesn't move between panels to show you to show you motion. He can he can
3: mm-hmm.
2: put a lot of energy and color and in, and in, in, um, motion and emotion into very few panels. I really like his work and I love
1: David Walker's writing too. Yeah, he's fantastic. Well, I was looking at your list of things that you're looking forward to that are that uh, are coming up. And, you know, there's definitely, we have a fair amount of overlap. Um, but one of the things that I'm not really knowledgeable about, but when I look at the list of contributors, I want to hear more about is the Attack on Titan anthology. Uh, I, I had to... Google what the Attack on Titan was around Comic Con because I'm so completely useless when it comes to anime. Um, I continue to be confused by the fact that it's called <laughs> Attack on Titan as opposed to Attack of Titans or some such, but I'll go with it. Well,
2: because cause actually the place they live is Titan. It's not. Oh, it's. It, 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 they're not live. Well, yes and no, actually. They are also the Titans, technically, too. It's sort of. There's a manga as well as a. um. A, um uh, animated series and anime and the anime is amazing and I'm waiting for the third one I'm a little annoyed that they stopped to make the live action film because uh, it was meh but you know live action versus real um, real anime you know um,
1: yeah anime is going to be better thing, I'm sorry
0: yeah, oh, I've no, seen the, the live action live action is one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life
3: I was, gonna say, I was like it was, <laughs> yeah that was trying to be nice but yeah
2: so, so mm-mm uh, uh-huh. wait till it's like free on somebody's laptop. Don't 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 do that.
0: Even wasting um, no. a couple hours of your life.
2: Now, I also I also want to um, clarify something. The Attack on Titan anthology that I am looking forward to. Because there have been a few things that Marvel's put out in the past year. Because they've kind of gotten this deal with Kadancha for rights like, to some of the Titan. I don't know to some of the art. Um, They did, like, an Attack on Titan Spider-Man. They did a crossover, and an Attack on Titan, I think it was Secret Wars or Battle World, something like that crossover. Yeah, I don't, I'm not, I'm not, I wasn't really feeling those, but this Attack on Titan anthology is basically, they're going to do, they're basically going to make a series of short stories. It's going to be, like, 250 pages or 300 pages or something like that, and, like, They've got a Richardson, uh, Gail Simone, Doc Snyder, uh, Jeremy Lambert, Ronald Wimberley, L- Genevieve Valentine. Uh, I'm not remembering how many people are on my website, <laughs> but there's a lot of people. Oh, Kate, that's right. There's a lot mm-hmm. of people that um, are involved that are going to basically be doing their own shorts. So I don't know, um, I like that idea. I like that concept. That I'm a I I like um, anthologies for that reason. When it's one story, or when you think you know the story, and you you know they they branch off into that. I even like it in animation. Remember when they did like Animatrix and uh, Mm
3: -hmm.
2: all those different animators did that, and then Halo had their version. I, I like it to see like all right. It's almost like honestly, it's almost like fan fiction. (laughs) You,
3: <laughs> yeah, everybody knows
2: the story, everybody knows the characters, everybody knows the storyline. Now, you go and tell your version, and I like that. I like, I just there's something about that that resonates with me.
1: That's such a cool way to frame it. Wow, I mean, basically, I what I was interested in is I just saw the creator list, and I was like, these are amazing people, and I'd love to see anything they're working on. But that is kind of how this will play out. That is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the great thing about to, it
2: is you. You won't have to read all of Attack on Titan, I think, to, to get the point of the anthology, because they're going to be standalone story. So I think that will be great for to start.
1: Cool. Thank you. Um, you'd also mention something called Day Black by Keith Cross.
2: Yeah, I'm a <laughs> Okay. I've been yelling about Keith Cross for a couple years now, and I'm like, I don't understand or nobody else is reading this comic. Okay. Um, sure. And some people are. He has his own legion of fans, but it's through Rosarian Publishing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout, out to, shout out to Bill Campbell. Um uh, uh and basically he, the premise is Day Black <laughs> is about a vampire who is a daywalker in only this one town because the town has been the skies have basically become black because of all the pollution. So he can it's all so oh. about in the middle of the day and it's not a problem. He doesn't necessarily have to kill. Sometimes he does kill because, you know, hello vampire. Um, mm-hmm. But usu- usually, um, he's a tattoo artist, and he's basically created his own tattoo rig, so that when he's doing tattoos, when he's inking, and you—I don't know if you, either one of you has tattoos—but when you get a tattoo, the needles, mm-hmm. you know, they, cut, they cut your, they cut your skin, but they don't, you know, obviously sever your arm. But they cut your skin. What he's done is he's got an extra needle that siphons the blood, blood that is coming from the from the tattoo, and that's what he, like, drinks for his coffee break.
1: Oh, my God.
2: <laughs> it's, it's genius. And then the art is, like, it's... Okay, so I'm a big fan of, like, collage and, like, Romar Burden and things like that, and so it's, like, a cross between... I don't know. It's got almost got a Cubist feel to it sometimes, but it's, his mm-hmm. art is
3: phenomenal.
2: Like every single page is, and it's all black and white except for the blood. <laughs> um, and it's and the colors is basically black and white and red. And it's his whole story of his little life in this town, and he's been around. Literally, he was bitten as a slave, so he's been around a very, very, very long time. And um, I've,
1: there's, there's, I've actually had the I series for a
0: while. <laughs> uh, you're basically saying I've dropped the ball and not reading this.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it looks tremendous. You need to...
0: That's what I'm hearing, <laughs> oh. is I screwed up and didn't <laughs> read this. At,
2: Well, I think the thing that throws comic, traditional comic book readers off, and I'm not saying that this is why you didn't read it, but I, I'm, I'm sure you get inundated
3: because, <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I, I, my – my little site isn't as big as yours, and I'm like, I can't read all the things. Um, but his artwork is what stopped me in my tracks.
1: And then when I realized
2: it was the story that went along with it, but he doesn't do the traditional <clears throat> um, panel work. Like every now and then, like you know, when you're traditional, have your um, set the panels, and then you have your splash page, and then you have. He doesn't do it like that. He, he he he's very non-traditional in the way it works, and he doesn't have the thought bubbles he has. Um, the words are very clear and very legible, but they're on the screen in different places. I mean, screen, on the page in different places. And they don't always follow this, like, the Z rule. So I think some people think, like, oh, it's not really a traditional comic. And I'm like, I don't care what you think it is. <laughs> it's art. It's amazing. And it's, it's, the funny thing is Keith Frost is actually in real life a, ta- um, a tattoo artist. Um, so some of the stuff... It's, and the, the character has all these funny little quirks. Like, he's, you know, he's this girl comes in for a tattoo, and she says that like, she wants, like, I can't remember if it was, like, Pikachu or a flower or something just really, really, or a bunny, something really mm-hmm. boring, and he's, like, and he's contemplating killing her. He's just like, you can't. Like, really? Another one? It was just so funny. And you feel like it's not supposed to be funny, but it was funny. <laughs> um, but you should definitely... Um, but you should definitely read it, and if you can, you know, talk to Keith because it's like, it's I I really like the series, so I'm looking forward to do the next one. It's, it's, it's been a minute, and I want another one.
1: How many are um, there? Four. Really good.
2: Yeah, there's well, four. I think there's another okay. one coming out, though. I have to I have to check. Um, on the on the subject of non traditional um, ways of drawing comics, um, you should also check out Gray Williamson's Valmar, Valmar Prince of the Dance that his work is phenomenal and the art in that that book is well actually it's funny i bought the first book thinking i was at the beginning of the story and didn't realize that his the first book in the series starts like after a bunch of things other things happen so i actually recently got the um these books one, two, three is coming out shortly. If it's not out already, I'm sorry. Sorry if you're listening, I don't remember. And no four is coming. Um and five uh, I think by the end of the year. And it's also it's, it's another vampire story ish. <laughs> um but this is a whole it's a little game of thrones. You got like two brothers who are Heirs to sort of you know this kingdom, this 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 life, and it's not um, they almost exist on a different plane. I don't want to say I don't want to give away too much. It's I don't want to. It's not like they're on Earth too, but it's <laughs> they're, they're 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 on they, they they exist on a slightly different level, and basically one of them ends up in our world, and this is some of the things, and he goes from being like the damned and banished to be be here and that somebody who we would think is a monster ends up sort of being a hero. Um, But the way it's drawn, the energy, the motion, the same thing. It's non-traditional, but I don't care.
1: Yeah. This can get really repetitive. I've had a number of people who I know who've had Marvel Unlimited subscriptions tell me that they felt like, they had to just really sort of shake up what they were reading because it was getting all very samey-samey. And I just, I'm definitely making a note, especially looking at my friends, and I'm definitely going to check that out myself. Um, Yeah,
2: you should also, um, and the funny thing is, a lot of these people work in comics. Like, Gray, I think, um, had worked years and years and years ago for um, Marvel. Somebody else I was looking at said, is still working in the comic book business is Elisa Martinez and um her book Give and Ever I've been trying to get it forever but I finally caught up with her at a um at a comic book event and I, I was able to get my hands on it. Um her artwork just to, just Google her. She's done all the things and I think she's one of the most underrated female comic book artists um of late. Um that's another one I'm I'm totally looking forward to.
0: All right now I'm Googling her.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: She's um, a riot storm on Twitter also.
0: Holy crap, is that Arcade? Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I can that's see what, what you're That's
2: what I'm digging. saying. She's amazing, <laughs> and you've seen her stuff, but it's one of those things where, and I'm like, oh, Lisa, why don't you tell me why you're doing this? Well, you know, i got to work. I'm not, you know, and that's the thing. I think a lot of the um, artists I've talked to, a lot of people, I'm sure you guys have gone through this, where, a lot of the guys and gals that are out there working are just trying to work and um one of the things that i actually i' brought this up before and i and i and it's so weird to me how people don't get this, but I think it's because not everybody understands the business. I've worked freelance for years, and it's so funny you can work freelance for a big company, and people think you work for that company like. Yeah, Like, I've worked for NBC, I've worked for Nickelodeon, and I've worked with different people, but I've never worked there. I have been there for months at a time on a project. So it's kind of the same way when you hear people like, yeah, I'm only going to do indies, I'm not going to support any of the mainstream or any of the big two or any of the big three or whatever, because, you know, they're XYZ, whatever the, the complaint or issue is. And I go, yeah, but hang on. There's people, artists, like, that you do like, that put independent stuff out, but they're also supporting their families, wives, with by working there. Like, almost every artist that worked. There's very few staff in the same age, um, artists um, that are, are, are hired on projects on that are new. There's people that are, like, lifers. But a lot of the artists that are out now, the people are like, oh, you know, Marvel and DC, they're just, you know, I really want to support indie because that's the machine. It's like, no, <laughs> not the people that are drawing – Whatever you're looking at might be there that month, and then next month they're not working. So it's yeah. It's, it's like I think if you're gonna say I'm only gonna support indie, then say I'm gonna support indie publishers, but don't take it out on the artists. That's the only thing that gets me annoyed sometimes because people don't understand, <laughs> you know how that how that works. But yeah, I, 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 excuse me. Lisa is working on. Um, on several projects, I'm trying to think of. Oh my gosh, Joseph will kill me! <laughs> uh, uh, Solar Man, just job, yeah, Scout College. Um, And I, I think you. Could, well, I know I saw you guys talk about it on Twitter also, but he, I know he's been working on that for a while, and that's like a 25-year-old title that's being
3: rebooted.
2: Um, really looking forward to that. Um, I need. Kelly
1: Sue and Valentine's give me another bitch planet because reason. Mm-hmm. I mean, like it's such an incredibly politically radical comic that I'm impressed that image is putting it out, you know, and obviously it's a huge success. Um, but it's like, I have, you know, I, I work, I work for, you know, progressive community organizations and like mm-hmm. people who are doing like prison abolition work. And I'm like telling people like, hey, there's this comic that's completely indicts the entire prison system. You should check it out. <laughs> and people kind of can't believe me that it's like, you know, being put out by a major publisher and it's, it's really And they can't, believe
2: it's a com- they can't believe it's a comic. I tell everybody yeah. to, read this, to read this planet backwards. I tell everybody, read the back. Read those pages where, because every month there's an essay in there
3: mm-hmm. that really
2: mm-hmm. is in, informing the story. And a lot of people will get to the end of the comic book and put the comic itself, the storyline, and then just close it. And I keep telling everybody, like, no, you have to read the important part in the back. <laughs> and
3: yeah, you're not
0: I usually, like, wind up reading the comic, read the essay, and then go back and read the comic again.
3: Yeah. Because
2: they'll bring things up in the essay, and you're like, oh, wait, I didn't know that that's what she meant. Hang on.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, it completely... Opens your eyes as to like small little details that you might have not picked up the first like have without that inter- with the three.
2: Have you ever interviewed Valentine Delandro?
1: I would love to have him on the show. I've met him briefly at comic um, near Comic Con, but he's not been on the show. He should come on the show. Yeah, he's
2: such a wonderful. He's really really nice guy. I met him at Comic Con also, and I was like, Do you understand what you're doing? This is, and he's like, Yeah, I have a pretty good idea. A pretty good idea.
3: <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> he's
2: really understanding
1: about it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm, I've told him before, I was like, you're one of the only artists who actually draws pictures of people where they have different bodies and faces. And I'd like to thank you for that. He's like, yes, I agree that that's very important. Um, and he are really just, funny. Yeah.
2: He draws them. It's funny because you're right. And he's drawing people. And I asked him, like, what's your impetus? He's like, real life. Imagine that. Mm -hmm. You know, I actually had a um, conversation once with an artist that I thought was handling – I was handling – I thought they were handling the female characters really well. And I said, as a man, how did you – did you grow up with, like, a lot of sisters? You talked to a lot of women about this. And he was like – he said, I think the problem is guys have this block and they think I have to write the girl in a certain way, like – She's a human being. Just write the character. Now, yes, there are certain things that you have to make sure you address properly. But the problem is, people keep writing, and this this speaks to diversity, too, they keep writing uh, comic book characters as archetypes as opposed to human beings. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the biggest problems. It's like, if you can't see me as a human being, you're not going to write, draw, you know, (laughs) Um, Capturer, yeah, but, yeah. It's just it's impossible if if I am a, a two-dimensional thing. You can't you can you. There's a story you can pull out of that. You can only put a story onto it like a a, um, a canvas, as opposed to pulling a story out of it like a, a living being. Sorry, getting I like central on you. No, that's <laughs> an, no, no. That's an
1: interesting point. I mean, I mean, people historically, the whole line on Marvel is that like Marvel is like the of the, of the big shows, like more you know, realistic characters that you can relate to and have problems like you, and that DC does the more iconic characters, the more archetypal. And I don't really know, like, to what I think that that might be true of their most famous characters, which they have, but that's really not true at a, the lower level of the characters. And I think that what you just pointed to in terms of people like not writing actual personalities but sticking to archetypes is probably part of the problem with how they're handling, like, or not handling, I should say representing diverse people because they don't think that there's anything to do different, I guess. I don't know.
2: Well, of course, they don't know how. It's like um, I, did, I used to have a conversation with somebody. They were like, how, you know, how do you deal with a lot of the misogyny in the workplace or the racism or whatever? And I said, I, at one point I realized that the the average you know, white male in America in business or whatever, all these people that we keep putting up on these pedestals, doesn't hate me. They don't even think about me. In fact, most of the people that look like me either clean their house or wash their cars, take care of their children. So when they come to do work with me, I have to basically explain to them, okay, hi, yeah, I'm not that person. I think, you know, they've already put me in a box. In a, they've already decided, you're going to play this role. So they can't see me any other way. That's where you get like the aim of the world explaining to Essie, like, no, 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 this is diversity.
3: Because see, those
2: glasses again. Yeah. We're looking at it through these glasses. I, I'm not. You have to see this here. Let me give you my glasses. That way you'll see it clearly. No, <laughs> my vision is fine. <laughs> and so well. and it's the same. It's the same problem. It's like it's it's. And it's yeah, it's a really, really hard thing to understand. But it's, I think it's harder to implement because everybody's
0: like overthinking it. I always thought with writers it like part of it was just laziness too, of I'm gonna rely on stereotypes without actually having to think through real life and and uh you know, giving a slightly realistic portrayal of anybody. Um mm-hmm. I have like, no idea how true that is or whatever, but it just for a lot of it just Strikes me that way of like I'm just gonna be lazy and go with tropes and stereotypes and all that because I you know I don't want to put in the effort.
3: Yeah, um,
2: actually, which brings me to uh, somebody on Twitter was asking who is the artist? It was Chuck Hollins about. <laughs> yeah, like, you've written you're some really interesting female issues. I mean, not big female issues, but things that I'm like, How, who told you that? <laughs> like. All kinds of people come in and out. like women are, you know, and, and him, and I'm bringing, actually, uh, this is my segue. Look at that. Uh, one of the things I'm reading a lot of now is actually web comics because we were just talking about not being able to keep up with all the things. Um, web comics, especially the ones you can read online or on Top on my phone or on Bluetooth or something, I can read those, you know, and keep up. Um, so his is one. And then it's funny, somebody who does a crossover with a lot of times, and um, um, Buddy Ed does like Fermented Zen. Um, in fact, this week, the bouncer is in the bar at Fermented Zen. Um, or, I'm sorry, bouncing at the door of Fermented Zen. And and that character comes because he's, like, in love with Yamaya uh, or whatever. But that is a really good example of, like, doing a crossover quote unquote diversity. It's not a big deal. You have your comic, I have mine, our characters meet. They're having a conversation. Wow. Groundbreaking.
1: <laughs> we definitely have to have him on the show. Um I know that's on the list. Yes, he's definitely on the yeah, list. I, a- I had an
0: awesome talk with him at New York Comic Con this past year. And bought up everything that he had on his table.
2: <laughs> the um oh you you went to the um after Future Festival.
0: Yep. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, I was thinking awesome. out there for
2: a while. Awesome, awesome, Um Somebody else, another public um, webcomer I'm really into right now, um, Agents of the Whelm, um, and the young lady who um, writes that, I'm just so excited about. Um, it's basically, it's kind of similar in that, hey, we are all ancient and we didn't know it, we're reincarnated, um, um warriors and their their the uh their I guess touchstones you would call it which find them. But all of these girls are completely different. They're all different races, they're all different um, um classes, they're all different but they have to come together to basically fight a common enemy. And I I'm a I really, really like um I'm sorry, Mildred Lewis. I didn't say who <laughs> writes it. Mildred Lewis writes it. And I'm a, I'm a fan of it. It's just it's so much fun. And I I really like her art. And I just like the fact that it's just sort of effortlessly fun.
3: Hmm. Very cool.
0: webcomics is something I'm just starting to get into. Like I bounce with yeah. probably the one that I really was reading the most or reading first. I like I'm a late, late come artist to web comics, so I'm kind of catching up. My,
1: yeah, my main one, of course, has been Bashback, and we had the creative yeah. team on that just a couple weeks yes. ago. But...
2: I just started reading that a couple weeks ago, and I'm like, oh, my God.
1: It's definitely one of I'm the like where the have first... you been all my life comics.
2: Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, it, the first three channels, I was like, what is happening? <laughs> and it, just, it goes from there. It was awesome.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: Ex- except I read that in an afternoon, and now I'm kind of like twiddling my thumb because <laughs> you're waiting yeah, you're for the done. next. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, yeah, Well,
2: I have a, I have a couple more for you. Um, I'm kind of I'm kind of actually upset about this. Somebody needs to go find Kennedy Garza and tell her to get my on her name. Um, she has a comment called Super Bitch, which is hilarious, and it's basically a girl who's a she's a superhero. She's got powers, but she is not working for free. <laughs> And and there's a whole set of rules of you, you can see her at the bar occasionally. She's got a like a like a Motley Crue of friends or whatever. but She's hilarious. She'll be like beating somebody up and then tell them just stand there and telling them off because you know she, they interrupt her date or they interrupt. It's like she's like a normal girl that happens to have superpowers and uses like um, a little bit like Jessica Jones, but not as not like the. Uh, not as tortured, not the Netflix judge Jessica Jones. Um, she definitely has powers, and she it uses them for hire. And it's so funny, a crime could be happening in front of her, says so and they're like, you know,
1: save us, and
2: she's like, you didn't pay your bill. <laughs> she's whole and her snark is hysterical. But well,
3: wow.
2: um, <laughs> I put it on hiatus for a minute, so I'm, I'm, I'm like, I need her to come back. You <laughs> gotta come back on
1: vacation and finish. Well I just looked I looked her up um when you when you sent over that list of uh of web comics and this definitely is a comic that's been going on for a while. So if you've never mm-hmm. read it before, I never read it before. There's certainly plenty to catch up on. Um Oh
3: absolutely.
1: Yeah. Um I know one of the the uh comics that you're reading right now a, a couple are actually like, I'm I'm not reading Thief of Thieves and I don't really know Kirkman. Um, Thief of Thieves is a good one. one. Yeah. I don't yeah, know if you actually, guys want to talk about that a bit.
2: Yeah. That's actually not a new one. That's the other thing. Yeah. I don't know if you guys do this. Um, every now and then I just got to go back. Oh, I missed that. That kind of thing. So Robert Kirkman is, yes, the same Robert Kirkman um, from, um, or walking dead Robert Robert um Sean Martinborough is really really good at drawing noir and that's what Thief of Thieves is about it's basically he's a thief he's a he's uh, I mean I don't want to just say one kind of thing but he's, he's, hello sorry hello?
1: You, you came out you sorry yes you came out for a second can you say that again
2: oh yes yeah. um i was saying um that i like Sean Martinborough's art he draws noir and thief of thieves is um, he is a thief, obviously, but he's not. I, I you don't want to say like just jewelry thief, just art thief. He tends to go for whatever's best, but or makes the most money. But it's sort of like that one last heist thing, mm-hmm. so that he can. Hmm. Am I am I wrong? Like he's one last heist so he can get out, and take care of his family, but then his family is all jacked up.
0: Yeah, it's it's good. I like it's one of those comics that you you read the individual issues and you're like, where the hell is this going? And then you get to the end of the arc where like the twist happens, and you want to go mm-hmm. back and reread it to see how like everything that was laid out. And there's some really cool detail in there, like when he steals some paintings or stuff like that. Like the amount of work that goes in there um, to like make that happen is is pretty impressive. It's it's kind of like an Italian job in that way where it's like this really mm-hmm. long story and there's twists and turns and, of course, there's like some trick up their sleeve. It's good. I really enjoyed it. It's one of my, you know, more favorite series. I think it's – is it done though? Like I don't remember. It's been a while since there's been an issue. Yeah.
2: No, no it, it is, and I basically never got to finish it. So when she <laughs> asked me, one of the things that you're reading, I was looking at the set in my table, I'm like, yeah, I got to get through the rest of it. I can't, like, see Jean-Marc again and say that I haven't finished this thing. Um, but also he did a version of um, Power Man, of Luke Cage. His Luke Cage noir series is actually very good.
1: Oh, so I've heard, yes. hmm
2: that Somebody else that actually yeah. – oh, yeah, isn't that ridiculous?
1: Oh, um, well, it's very much like Saul Bass who did all the animation stuff for Hitchcock. So mm-hmm, I'm, a suffer- mm-hmm. I'm a sucker for that particular style. Um, have you been reading Black Magic by any chance? Because if you like detective and noir stuff, that's not just that. That might be of interest to you. It's uh, Greg I actually, Rucka. I,
2: I, yeah. I haven't read it, and do you like this?
1: a third person actually that told me that I need to read that one. <laughs> yeah, it's great so because the writer I'm on my and, list. <laughs> Ah, yeah, Nicole Scott does the art. I think it's the best art she's done. Fantastic artist. Her stuff is just beautiful. Um but yeah, they're working together. It's a witch noir is what they're how they're describing it. Um it's very like New England, Salem kind of a a town and uh, with a lot of art, arcane history, uh, but the main character is one of the awesome Greg Rucker-written female detective characters that he does so well. And she was raised Wicca. And um, it's a really well-executed noir comic. And I don't really know what the heck is going to happen next. And, you know, so it's it knows its tropes, but it's not predictable at this point to me. Oh, that's
3: good. And,
1: um, mm-hmm. yeah, and, you know, and, and it's just really beautifully made. And my understanding is it's treatment of magic. Is really like respectful and knowledgeable um, is what mm-hmm. I've heard from people who actually are like that you know who are wicked and things like that. So okay, yeah.
2: they're not just like, hey, I watched you know Charmed. And yeah, crazy.
1: exactly, exactly. <laughs> like they, they, re- they they really did their research. <laughs> it was they did not just watch Charmed. I like that. Yeah.
2: <laughs> um, you know another one that is actually it's been out for a minute, but I didn't get a chance to read so um, recently is um, eating vampires. Um, by Regine Sawyer, who, um, I'm a big fan of Regine Sawyer because she, um, started the Women in Comics Collective in New York. especially actually Women in Comics International. And, hmm. um, it's, but she's also a, owns her own comic book company, um, called Lock It Down Productions. And Eating Empire is exactly like it sounds, <laughs> um, Basically, there is a race of people who protect... Well, it's actually it's only the one comic is up. There's another one coming. But it protects humans, but they're also protecting something else. Um, and they uh, basically... And they're, they're shape They literally kill vampires. They, they eat them. <laughs> um, What's it they called again? Vampire
1: eaters? Eating vampires. Eating
2: vampires.
1: Eating mm-hmm. vampires.
2: And um, Talk about Alpha Predator. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And they, um, they're they on a quest. They're, you know, in search of something in particular. I don't Like I said, I don't want to give away. But they, uh, because they're women, no one really, um, and it seems like it's a period piece, but they're in the desert. So it's kind of one of those, is it
3: period or is
2: it, you know, because everybody's, sort of I don't wanna say they're not I don't it's not a burqa but it you could it likens itself to itself. some some of the way the ways that they dress, it's definitely Middle Eastern. But they could also just be protecting themselves from the elements. So there's, there's nothing religious seems to really come up in the um nothing Muslim rather um comes up in the comic, but they do some of their outfits do uh lend themselves to that. So it's sort of like a Middle Eastern um look to it. But the um the storyline's very intriguing. I need I need Regime to come out with the next because <laughs> I wanna know what this I wanna know why they're on this cut quest. And um and then the other the only other thing that I am reading well, I'm reading one thing and I'm excited about something else by the same author and that is um the um The Pact by Pauline Julie. Um he's done these lately because his um Afrofuturistic um, comic Johan is going to drop in another month or two. Um, and I don't have actually all the details on that, but his art is phenomenal. I first found out about Paul last year um, and I was reading the pack, which you can, I think um, you can get it digitally. I don't think it's out print yet, um, but you can get the first two books and I'm waiting on the third. And basically it takes place in ancient um, Nubia curse and it's a werewolf story. That's where the pack comes from. And these, it's interesting. He's, it's... I think the thing that makes it most interesting is, one, his art. His use of light and color are absolutely phenomenal. Like some of his, I don't know if you guys, um, are either one of you guys into, well, Alana, I know you say you don't really watch anime. But are you into anime at all?
0: Like I know of it. Not maybe a ton. I'm checking out the art and it reminds me of something and I can't think of what it is.
2: Well, there is, um, there's, it's just, it is a really, his work is really, really detailed. He also went and lived in Egypt, um, for a while and was basically going and doing the research of all of the ancient ruins and all of the actual geogra- geography and stuff like that. Um, and learning, you know, about the people. So a lot of the work that's informed in the, even though there's a storyline happening, is happening in the backdrop of ancient Kush. And um, talking about, like, there were warring factions, and there were warring, you know. So there's basically a group of assassins, and one of them gets caught, basically. Um, And obviously... Somebody is bitten by a werewolf, because otherwise it wouldn't be a story. Um, But that's not giving anything away, because how it happens is very interesting. Um, And basically, there there are several life-threatening situations in which he has to help others by turning them as well. And basically, that's how he creates the past. And there's also a woman that becomes part of the past. Um, but the art is so awesome. And the storyline, um, he actually he actually does more with his art than he does it with his language. Like this is he's like the opposite of, of Bendis. <laughs> like I like I like why Michael Bendis' work which is how he can be like really, really, really ordy.
1: Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> Well, he's not like Chris Claremont level, but yeah, that was sort oh, yeah, of like yeah, the yeah, highest. Yeah,
2: yeah, no, Chris Claremont. I'm like, just write a novel, man. Um, but it, um, it's beautifully, beautifully done. And I, I'm, I'm, will apologize to Paul because I'm behind on getting his review out. But the book is amazing. And I just keep telling everybody, just please, just buy it. Um, Johannes is coming out um, in another month or two, and I, I'm just as excited about that. He puts that in a different part of ancient Africa. So his whole thing is sort of like teaching history by telling these stories. Um, but I, it's so funny. You you are halfway through a story when you go, oh, this has actually happened. And then you you actually look it up, you'll see some of the storyline is actually based on fact. Um, but his work is really, really amazing. So I'm
3: looking forward to that, too.
0: How's the? Uh, I see it on your list, and I actually saw it at my local shop, and was an idiot and passed over. It was the EXO Legend of Whale Williams. Oh, uh, yeah,
2: it's oh EXO is amazing. Okay, first it, of all, um, I really like um, it's actually Wale, um, the Legend of Wale Williams.
0: Oh, Wale, okay. and
2: um, Roye Okupe, uh, basically, is an independent. Um, he wrote the story. He, he's various artists. He is actually African. He is um Nigerian. And Exo is very interesting. I remember saying to him like, It's amazing. I'm worried about your title, but it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs>
3: um
2: because he was not oh he was not um privy to Exo Man of War or um um Exo the K pop group or EXO exogen hmm. Like he wasn't he was, was the animated series,
3: So,
0: Oh, God. Oh, no, I, I, um, yeah, I thought of the XO, and I can't think of what the rest of it was. It was the the suit one that they were, like, flying around. Yeah,
2: yeah. Hmm. So he actually was not – he didn't know about all that. He just wanted to make <laughs> a superhero story. Um, so I warned him. I'm like, okay, this is people might say that you're copying, but I know that you're not because the storyline is completely different. Um x is basically, it's, it's a really good all-ages comic. And okay. I think sometimes we all get caught up and buying all these things for ourselves, that we forget that a lot of these comics were originally made for kids, and there's people out there with children who would like to be able to read a story with their kids. Um, it's not all-ages, but it's not like Disney Young. There's definitely some life things that are being dealt with. Um, one of the major ones is that basically he left this to Imagine if imagine if um basically well, I don't even want to say imagine if Black Panther's dad was a king and had 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 access to technology because <laughs> he did. Um, but this is a little bit different because he knew his father was a scientist. He worked with him a little bit but he did not really know what his father was working on until um there was a really, really terrible accident. He did not gain powers. Wale does not have powers. The suit has the powers. So it's a little bit like, I don't know if you guys remember Mantis. Oh, yeah. Um, how, how he was in um, wheelchair. But when he had on the Mantis suit, he could do all the things. Um, so it, it's a little bit like that in that when he puts on the extra suit, he does have extra powers. But him and his brothers and everybody were all trained in, like, martial arts and stuff like that. So there's even a few scenes of him outside of the suit kicking ass, taking names. Um, there's a really, really amazing uh, female character named Fury. I told him the to same thing, Like, somebody might ask about that, but go with it.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: she has nothing to do. She's not related to Nick Fury. She has both her eyes. <laughs> or the or the aliens
1: or, that they had in um Secret Avengers, The Fury, which was confusing enough that right. that was also exactly. against the Fury. I. it was a lot of sorry, continue. <laughs> There's so many Fury an a little And
2: there were so many things there were so many parts of Secret Avengers that were confusing. I just <laughs> <laughs>
1: I was and just I reading it. it. I really like it. I, I I was just catching up. I'm sorry. I completely derailed the conversation. Resume. No, no, no,
2: no, 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 no. It's fine. I, I, I literally, that that's what I was going to say. It's honestly, it's a really good story. It's one of those, um, he has to fight a baddie, and he knows exactly who the bad guy is. That's the other thing that's different. Like, except for the female character, everybody knows who everybody else is. it's not like Hmm. I'm going to wear this mask and hide you, hide myself. It's like, I have to put on this suit so I can fight you, you know? Um, And everybody knows who the bad guy is. Everybody knows that he's, um, and it's interesting though, because he kind of deals with his daddy a little bit like, he gives him a third dimension as opposed to him being like, I hate everyone and you're all going to die. You know, he actually thinks he's saving the city um, and that, Wale's character and and a lot of other people are part of the problem, and he, so he has a whole. Uh, he's just as dedicated to his cause as Wallace. And Wallace is so I think it makes the uh, it brings another level of um, of fight to the story. And in and, and in uh, un, what doesn't normally happen is and his book actually was very successfully. Um, funded on Kickstarter, the first one, and the second one just did the same thing. I think last week um, he made all of his money in like 24 hours, I think, for the second book. Um, at the end of the first book, he uh, Wally isn't doing great. He does not, uh, and I don't want to say, he doesn't die, I'll say that. But it's not like your normal, hey, yeah, uh, here I am, I saved the day, and all the things. It's actually a little bit deeper than that. And he's got some decisions to make, and and he's. Uh, I actually am very looking forward, very much looking forward to the next uh, book because I don't know how he's going to get out of this. <laughs> so I think yes. um, the. Um, but no, I do like the art. I do like the book, and I do think that I'm very happy that it did end up on comic kind of book shelves, because I think a lot of indie artists
0: have a hard time doing that, especially ones that are not from this country originally. Mm. Um, well, yeah. so he's in D.C. where I'm at, and uh, Big Planet, which is mm-hmm. a great shop that, you know, promotes a lot of indie creators, had him on a shelf and was like a local D.C. creator. And I looked at it, and, uh, and at that point I had a pile in my hand. I'm like, oh, I should get it. But I know I have a pile in my hand, and I should interview them. But I've got three billion things going on, so I saw that I wanted to ask to, to you know, find out if I kick, should kick myself and go back and and check it out. Well, so. no,
2: you know what? I have a I have a review up <laughs> of it on my site. Check it out. All
3: right. And it'll, it'll
2: probably inform your decision um, a little bit. Um. But there's a lot of really good – I mean, I'm reading stuff from all over the world right now. It's really, really interesting. There's there's artists that are in um, Nigeria and Cameroon. I'm reading a webcomic from out of India. Hmm. Um, There's this stuff that's happening outside of the country (laughs) that people, I think, are missing out on. There's amazing artists. And here's the thing a lot of the artists that are for the big two or three, have you the saying, are international as well. People don't mm-hmm. realize that, you know. Um, so it's, it's um, I think that as what you guys are doing, what a lot, like you said earlier, what a lot of us uh, bloggers slash journalists slash people with megaphones, you know, really have to do is just keep, yelling about these people and shining a light on them and, you know, letting people know because there's, there is stuff out there. Like I went to the – when I was at the um, genre for the Black Comics Fest, I ran into so many people who literally just wandered in off the street because there was like thousands of people trying to get in the building. And parents who were like, I had no idea this existed. I had no idea there were comic kind of books that were like age-appropriate for my child.
3: I yeah. had no idea
2: that there were comic books that I would like to read that are like novels. Like just you know, and I think what happens is we, we all keep talking to ourselves or like other people who are all into comic books and that's good because 'cause they'll let you know about stuff you don't know about. But every now and then wander outside of that uh that comfort zone.
3: Because uh,
2: I tell people all the time if you are an independent comic book creator and you want and you are you know trying to keep the lights on at least have one book or comic or series in your arsenal for kids
1: because yeah. parents
2: are always looking for something for their kids
1: That's very true. I feel like the thing I'm one of the things I'm called on to do most often is make recommendations of comics um yeah. for kids. And uh, I I just did that today for my mom, actually, looking for some stuff for her uh, grandchildren-in-law. And, um, yeah. (laughs) Yeah,
2: and and we, um, not that there's anything wrong with the
3: other,
2: you know, I comics all across the spectrum, but, um, oh, the other person I was going to say that is also really good at getting the word out about indie comics. Um, There's several, you know, there's all the podcasts, there's, like Jamie Mee has his comic talk, and um, Black Girl Nerds is doing the um, Twenty Nine Days of Cosplay right now, like shining a light on those artists. Like there's there's people out there. Oh wow, they're both named Jamie. That was weird. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but but, um, but yeah, it was it it there's there's stuff out there. Like like the, we talked about the debate um, and Black Comic Month, and you know what like. So for when people have this thing where they say, oh, I don't know where to find diverse comics and artists, I just like, seriously? Like... <laughs> but I guess if you've never been on this end, this end of Twitter or this end of, you know, Facebook or Tumblr, um, you might not know.
0: I mean, it's intimidating, too, to some extent. I mean, someone who has no idea where to start or... And it's not like there's a directory where you can go and plug in a I'm looking for this, 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 this and this and it lists a whole bunch of suggestions. I mean I guess Google could mm-hmm. do that, but but not really. Um I mean did, for someone coming on the outside coming in, like it's it's intimidating. I mean there's there's so much out there which is a great thing, because there really literally is something for everyone. Um and there you know, that wasn't the case a decade ago. But, you know.
3: No, I completely
2: agree. I <laughs> I also think, though, that I think, so. and that's one of the other things I try and do with my blog, because there's a lot that people don't know. Like, I actually asked, had somebody ask me about, like, I don't understand. I keep hearing about this thing about pre-ordering comics. Why do I have to do this? And I heard somebody else had been in the comic book game for a while. It's like, you know, people aren't supporting indie comic creators. You know, they're not going out there and pre-ordering. And I'm like, do you need to understand something. Amazon Prime, which was like, Amazon Prime was, okay, I can get it in two days. Now there's Amazon now. Like, Like, you can get on your phone, and I can get on my phone and order anything from dinner to wine, and it's on my doorstep by the time I get home. And I live in New York. McDonald's delivers here. So you're trying to tell a whole group of people who, first of all, don't know, you know, the business to go to a store, like a real brick and mortar store, not on the line, not not online, not on an app. Ask somebody for a comic, look have them look it up and order it for you so that you can come back in four weeks for it. And most people were like, why would I do this? <laughs> that are new to comics.
3: You
1: know what I mean? Yeah.
2: So I, I think that's why um the digital medium is so important, even though I have so many people who are like, oh, it's killing comics I honestly don't think like it's coming comic. I think Diamond needs to learn to add properly. But that's just me.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They have chosen not to. Yeah, don't say exactly. on the
0: distribution system. I want long rants on the distribution system. It's
1: <laughs> it's
2: it's so broken. It's so horribly broken. But if you're not trying to go through the system and you're trying to put out your own stuff and you're trying to reach a lot of people, I don't know a single parent that doesn't have a tablet that doesn't read to their kids or get here, read it so that they can stay busy. I tell people all the time, just put it out there. You might find your audience, you know, you just, you know, pay attention to what, like, if you're, look at your storyline, look at who your storyline is geared towards and then go find those people. Stop getting in the same groups on Facebook and talking to the same people, like sending, um, sending, uh, I, I talk to people a lot that are like, "Yeah, my site's on Deviant Art," and I said the average person doesn't understand how to navigate Deviant Art. They really don't. No.
0: Like, mm-hmm.
2: like you could look, you they could go on there to look at your art, and one wrong turn, and they're like looking at bleach hentai or something. Like it's great. <laughs> <lovely. Like>, <laughs> Fill
1: in rule <bowl> thirty-four there. <laughs> yeah, things you don't necessarily <laughs> want to see, or no, I mean it's just. Mm.
2: So yeah, it's. it's I think. Um, I'm also trying to help inform a lot of artists to how to get their stuff out there because, you know, just trying to stay in your room with your tablet isn't going to work and trying to wait till it's done to start your Kickstarter, that's not working either.
0: Yeah, we haven't had this discussion in a while. We probably should do that again at some point (laughs) of the Here's Marketing 101.
2: Oh, I'll come back to that. I can go on for In a world of technology,
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> what else are you guys reading? Because I'm making my list over here
1: too. <laughs> well, I'm reading a lot, but I do want to make sure a couple. There's a couple, There's two comics that are coming up in 2016 that are near very much the top of my list. That I think would probably be nears. So that I want to make sure I have a minute to shout out for them. Which are both by Ron Wimberly, who's a friend of the show and has been on before. One of them is called Sunset oh, yeah. Park. Mm-hmm.
2: Yes, 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 yes. And the other one he's doing with Saul Williams.
1: Yeah, Slave Punk, colon, White Cole. And mm-hmm. there's also, like, Mar- I think he's also doing something called Martin Loser King, which I, I had not seen that until just really recently. So I'm not sure when that one is going to be out. But that's yeah, the but one so- he's
2: doing with Saul Williams.
1: Oh, that's okay. That's the
2: one he's doing with Saul Williams. Yeah.
1: Saul Williams is, like, saying? a really big deal and, like, such a clear, like, perfect person for him to be pairing with, um, you know, the musician for those folks who don't know. Um, but, yeah, like, Sunset Park basically being vampires that are gentrifying a neighborhood It's also where mm-hmm. I live. I love it. It's, like, perfect. <laughs> right? That's I'm, like, because yeah. you have to reflect on these things, you know. Um, <laughs> so I have, I definitely need to check that out. And all
2: the, um, all the blood-sucking people that are <laughs> coming in the neighborhood. That's awesome. Just that analogy
1: mm-hmm. alone is amazing. Yeah. And um, I, the art on it looks astonishing. So I definitely, that was like at the top of my list of most anticipated things. And then Slave Punk, um, I guess, oh, Cole is just the first a part of it. I guess Slave Punk is the name of the series. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um but they're both on Image, and I'm really happy that Image is investing in him because, like, he needs, you know, the freedom to do really out of the box creative stuff. So, it seems like a, a good publisher, and um, that's cool. I saw he was doing stuff for the Attack on Titan anthology as well. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but yeah, those
2: are some of yeah, my most
1: anticipated things for the new year.
2: Yeah, he's he's. Um, did you ever read Prince of Cats?
1: Yes, it's so good.
2: Oh, my God. And when I found out that he also wrote it, I thought he just did the art. I'm like, let me get this straight. You sat down with Romeo and Juliet, Shakespeare, and said, hey, I could do this. I'll just put it in the 80s. I'll make, it, I'll make it some kids live in the hood. I got this. Like, really? Like, I would never think I could attack both at once. Like, I can't do either one of these things. But I would never think I could write it and do the art. I just, I was blown away by that piece. And I want that thing to come back out. Because I don't think you can get it
1: anymore. Oh, really? I bought it. Yeah, I guess I bought it a number of years ago. I hope it's not out of print. It's really a great comic. Um, I think that you know he, when, when we were when he was on, we spoke about it a lot. I definitely encourage folks to check out that episode. Um, I, you know, it's very it's like a it's like really '80s, but really literary. And his style is so unmistakable and dynamic. And um, the story really works emotionally. And I think a lot of times people's interpretations of Shakespeare come off as academic, and they don't really have the feeling there. And this one definitely does.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. He is, I think he's have it underrated. Um, so is, um, <laughs> and, and Ray Williamson is saying it, and I'm thinking, I'm looking
1: at Twitter,
2: and he's just thinking it. He, Ron is very underrated, and so is Tony Perrier kind of Concrete Park. Um, Concrete Park is
1: it. so underrated. Oh, my God. Isn't it, yeah, isn't
2: I, it amazing? Okay, okay, I, was gonna, I like some of the stuff that comes out. I'm like, oh, my God.
1: <laughs> I mean, I, I told people, like, you know, on my list of things of the year, Concrete Park, I put it right up there with Bitch Planet.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, the, it, I, I think that like uh, the promotion
1: is a part of that, to be honest.
2: Yeah, but really really weird. And I and I know to have something to say about this. It's very very strange. Concrete Park is on Dark Horse, but I never see Dark Horse promoting it ever. I see Tony and Erica promoting it on their own. And I mean that whole I mean his world building is amazing. And they've yes. um, they've actually taken they have a whole curriculum they've written to go with the book and they go into schools and stuff. And what talk
3: about I didn't know that.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's really amazing. I learned that actually during Comic-Con or not when I talked to them about the future, but they have a whole curriculum. They go to libraries, they go to schools, they talk art, talk about, like, there's a whole thing. You've never see Dark Horse promote them. I don't understand. And I know there's another book coming out. I know there's a the the third one. And this is hardcover. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't come out in C T V, It doesn't come out in floppy. It does come out digital, and then if you don't get the digital, you're you're paying nineteen ninety nine for the hardcover.
3: Mm-hmm. And I
2: don't understand. It's like a lot of work and a lot of money to put into something that you're not promoting.
0: Yeah, it was weird when the I think it was the second volume that came out. Like they came out and they were pushing it, and I'm guessing just the sales weren't there, and like no one was covering it. And I think I covered the first maybe one or two issues. You did, got, yeah, yeah, and got completely. Um, you know overwhelmed with everything else that was going out, and then they like they pulled it and then made it um digital only, which like yeah sucks so much 'cause it was it was really really good it was one that I was digging um and yeah, I mean like they they oh i'm I'm gonna bite my tongue, because who knows what's listening when it comes to promotion and uh right. well, and yeah, I mean, and how it's the strange.
3: publishers do.
2: Yeah, I know. It's just just weird. I mean, and I know that in terms
3: of print, they've got different rules, but it's just like,
2: I don't know. I was just saying from a marketing standpoint, that's just really, really weird. You're putting a lot of money into production and none into marketing. But I I mean, every time I see him, he's selling out of the book. Like everybody loves it. I just, you know. So okay, I gotta get on that, and we're gonna have to get our reviews up for the second book, the third one, because I know the third one is going to come out. Um, I think next year.
0: I'm yeah, I'm game when it when it comes you out. Like t- in 2016. We'll, we'll yeah.
2: No, actually I think I don't know if it's gonna come out 2016 or
3: 2017.
2: Oh. But, okay. I, I, but I but I do know he's actually working on it. Like it's actually happening, as opposed to oh, we don't know if it's gonna happen. Um. Yeah, it's just very, it's very bizarre. And he does everything as well. He does all the art and all the words, and like I said, the world building on that. I have, like, him, like I said, him, Wembley, Paul Lee, Julie, um, uh, uh a lot of these artists that are doing both the writing and the art. I just, you no, know I mean, that explains why it takes so long for some of the work to come out. But yeah. it's just so it's. So I, I I'm
1: blown away by the fact that there's both you know all of it. Yeah, there's just a lot of amazing talented people who I, I really feel like we're having a real renaissance, without a doubt, at this point. There's more things coming out that are worth my time than I can actually put time into. Yep. Mhm.
2: I'm
1: trying to be more well, discriminating about what I about what I'm doing, you know?
2: Well, yeah, it's hard, and I have I, I suffer from like <laughs> I putting comics down and walking away and gotta come back. Like I, so that I can get through things. Sometimes it's like, all right, I'm gonna read three, three pages of this, five pages of that,
3: <laughs> or
2: <laughs> you know, this whole floppy, and then I'll see what I have left tomorrow. That kind of thing. Um, I also think that um, I have to thank you guys because if you guys were talking about monstrous. On one of your shows, and it was the first time I'd ever heard of it, and oh my god!
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, we felt
0: we felt book. the
2: same way Mar- when we were Mar- it,
1: so it's all good.
2: <laughs> Marjorie Lou,
1: eh? Yeah, Marjorie Lou and Sonak Takeda and just out of control, good. Yeah, so Lou oh is my such god. a fascinating person too.
0: Have you like looked up her history and background?
3: No, no, uh, I haven't. Go-
0: Google her and work, read her Wikipedia page.
1: Yeah, she's fascinating. Oh. Yeah. She's totally in the running to be the most interesting man in the world, except, like, the most interesting <laughs> woman in the world instead. It's like her exactly. and Charles
0: Soule have this, like, competing thing going on, I feel like, of being like, wait, you've done all these things and you're writing comics. Interesting.
3: Um, yeah. Yeah, you know what? I
2: had that same thing with uh, uh, Lexi, uh, um, the director. Um, she did... um. Flash and things, Lexi Alex. Um mm-hmm. she was oh, yeah. Yeah. she was like she was like a a, a uh, mixed martial arts fighter, and she was like all these other things before she became a director and now she's like the de facto you know, feminist <laughs> leader on Twitter. It's so funny. And so interesting, mean,
1: yeah. Like, and there's like five women who direct anything in television, like the numbers <laughs> Are terrifying.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, it's just it's the most bizarre um, thing. It's really it's really weird. Um, but yeah, no, read that mantra is just it's beautiful. It's gorgeous. And um, storyline is you know amazing too. But I I wanted to, I forgot to say that earlier. I meant to thank you because that I think I heard about it on your wrap up podcast in December, and I like the like as I was listening to the podcast, somebody was tweeting about it. I'm like, okay, that's a sign from the comic gods. I guess I'll check that
1: out. Hmm. Nice. I'm glad that worked for you. Yeah, that comic is really tremendous. Um, I felt like intimidated to actually write a review of it because there's <laughs> so much to say. So I'm glad we were able to do a podcast episode about it uh, with Marjorie. The other one I'm
2: looking forward to that I have to put on my list is another run, love, kill. John Sway.
1: Tell me more.
2: Oh, Run, Love, Kill is all the things. Okay. So, okay. so, basically, I think I'm also enamored with the art a little bit. Um,
0: yeah, that's one that, so that's a series for me that the art was is better than the story.
2: Yeah, I will, I think that's, I, I definitely fell in love with the art. I want to see, that's the other reason why I want to see it come back. I want to see where the story goes because I really feel like with the first, I actually didn't buy the floppy, I just wait. And I do this sometimes. Sometimes if I'm low on time or whatever and I'm already, like, six issues or four issues have already come out and I just find out about something, I'll try and pre-order the TPB so that at least, like, I'm making a contribution and then I can get all the things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I actually read the first volume when it came out. And I found it really interesting. I could see the way it was broken down that – Issue one, issue two. You'd be like, okay, but the art is amazing. But I want to see volume two because I want to see where the story goes. I feel like it's leading up to something even bigger.
3: What is it? One
2: love kill.
0: Oh, oh, I am you. The thing. That's okay. No, I'm just curious. Yeah. It's good. Like, I I loved the art. It was one where I liked it. I didn't image. love it. Yeah, it's an image series that came out, like, middle of the year or so. Um, yeah, it was one that had a lot of potential as to, like, where it was going. The art was gorgeous. Like, the art was absolutely stunning. Um,
3: there was yeah, a it's of um, John
2: Eric Kennedy. I think the other thing is Eric Kennedy's art was so amazing. The one thing that I've think I wanted to see was I wanted because the way they laid it out, you know, with that strip format, I wanted to see a couple of more slash raises that were if you could get the full, you know, thing
3: of Eric. Of um but yeah, I, I
2: want, I want, I want the next one because <laughs> I want to see what happens. But I, I agree. I can see what you're saying. I can see how. Yeah, art's great, but the
3: story on
1: the fence. You know, yeah, I actually got issue one of that for free at the image comics panel that I was at at something. Hmm. And I don't think I read it and I think that I was just like I don't know. I was I, I think I was sort of like there aren't enough colors on the cover, which is hilarious because I was just ranting about mm-hmm. how great yeah. black magic is. And black <laughs> magic is basically <laughs> black and white. There's very little color in black magic. Um, but for some reason, it was—it's so white. It's like not even black and white. It's like just white. Um,
2: but the funny thing is, that's not the book. That's what's so crazy. Yeah. Nothing inside looks like the cover at all.
1: Da, da, da. I guess I'll One well, huh?
2: well, Love
0: kill, I think, would be work better as an anime than it would have as a comic.
3: Hmm.
2: I yes, yes, in the same vein of. Uh... Oh goodness. I'm thinking M T V in the nineties. Uh, uh Flux. Yeah. Yeah. Flux is the best. Yeah, and that and that art. And that art. Yeah. I'm also thinking of the I'm also thinking of uh Ghost Michelle standalone complex. Yep. That type of look would be outstanding. Oh, speaking of anime influencing like or I should say manga influencing art. I actually I haven't read this. Have you guys read Eleven of Luther Strode?
3: Oh yeah.
1: Yes.
2: That I have not
1: but I will.
2: But the art stopped me because it looked like berserk. It looked it's, like the manga berserk.
0: Uh see I don't know berserk so I can't compare it. It um if you like like really over the top kung fu, that's what this is. It's mm-hmm. like really over the top kung fu, like the type of a I'm gonna punch the guy and actually like fist through the chest and the heart comes out the other side type of punching. Um it's just one of those that it's so violent and so over top, it's humorous, but it's really fun. Like, there's just this weird kinetic vibe to it that, that gets you going. I, I really, really like it, um, and there's, I think, that's three why volumes.
2: Re- that's, that's what it reminded me of Berserk, because literally they were like, <laughs> this guy, his superpower is that he could kill people. And it doesn't do it quick and efficient. It's very bloody. It's very messy. It's very... so. But the art itself reminded me um, of that. But yeah, there was one cover where he's like in black. And I thought his, uh, his arms were covered with blood, but I guess they were gloves or something. It was very interesting.
1: My feeling with the art um, from the guy who does Luther Strode is that it's like beautiful and grotesque at the same time. Like when I yeah. first saw it, I was like, this is disgusting. And then I was looking at it, and I'm like, oh, but there's such interesting organic, almost art nouveau kind of a flow to the lines and the shapes that he's drawing out, and everything is really elongated, and everybody's muscles are sort of stretched out and rangy, and it's beautiful, but it's also gross. No, no, it is.
3: You're
2: absolutely yeah. right. It's right. That's exactly the reaction I had. I was like, oh, my God, that is so amazing. Is that an eyeball? Like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Trent like- Moore was, joke- you- was joking about it. Yeah. <laughs> New York Comic Con. He was doing sketches for people, and tons of people, of course, wanted that. And he was just sitting there. He's like, "I made this way too complicated. I was such an idiot. I was not thinking ahead. Like, there's way too oh, much wow. detail." Oh <laughs> wow! It was
1: really.
3: You no, know, I
1: yeah. I, I was talking with a friend of mine who's a comics artist, and he was saying, "I was like flinging wictive at his face as I as I want to do. I just sort of go around and fling Wicked, the Wicked plus the Divine, in people's faces. It's one of my hobbies." Yes. And he was saying yes. like he was saying. I'll have to remember next time i am thinking about doing a comic that I should have a comic where people sit and talk with each other a lot because it's a lot easier and it still looks really good. And I was like, yep. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's the thing. It's like so many comics where people are just sitting and talking with each other uh, look terrible. But if you're Jamie McElvey, you can do that and like nobody will notice because it's gorgeous and you will right. like, not you will possibly not break your hand possibly, which is what my friend seems to be dealing with right now. Is his hand is not functioning from too much detailed art making. I was
2: going to gonna say, like, was gonna say, what kind of art is he doing? <laughs> He's doing <laughs> comics
1: art and it is very detailed. And, um, wow. yeah, exactly. So, but it's, you know, but yeah, like exactly. Like which they really proves like you don't necessarily have to break your hand to make something that's really visually striking. Um, But I bet you know so much of that comic is really carried in terms of like in terms of the art, in terms of the layouts. So Mm -hmm. I bet like you're probably like I I, you know yeah he might go through like a ton of different of um, story not storyboards but whatever like thumbnails like before he decides what to do. That's the thing. That's what that's where that kind of a comic might actually end up eating you up is the storyboarding of it, so to speak. But Mm -hmm. hopefully he'll be able to answer that for us soon. Um, Karen Gillen will be joining us on February 22nd, and hopefully Jamie as well. Seriously? Mm
2: -hmm. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I love Look at the Divine.
1: So good. It's just so freaking good.
2: But you know what it is? It's it's so good. I'm getting to the point where, like, like, look, damn it, quit breaking my heart. Like, no, not that one. (laughs) Aw. I can't I I have to be I have to I, I fell in love with saga and I'm still in love with it. But if they don't stop hurting the people I like. <laughs>
3: <laughs> hmm.
0: Yeah, but you're carrying shows that they're actually doing their job and uh being successful yeah. at it.
2: <laughs> exactly.
1: That's right. I really I, I, I do feel like um I don't know. I was more depressed by the end of, uh, not, not by the end of phonogram. I mean, like, not, but just, but like, by the fact that phonogram is over than I have been at anybody in Wiktiv dying because I'm just such a phonogram baby. Like I, I have this realization. I feel like a lot of the, um, it's there's something a bit generational perhaps about it. Like, wick, I feel like the wicked plus the divine is like going to be super significant in the, comics reading maturity of people who are a lot younger than me.
2: No, I get it. I understand, I understand what you're saying, because, I mean, I I remember, when I saw the ads for Phonograph, I was like, what is this, and why does this look like the cover of, like, a Duran
1: Duran album?
2: What happened? Yes. What am I well, we
1: now know no why, officially, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Um when they, first, when they were first advertising it, I was like, what? Um, but storyline-wise, I don't know. I like three lines better. are wicked and divine better than hologram. I hate it. I just was like, ah. And I think I was kind of looking for, maybe it's, Maybe I went into it wrong. And I'll go back and read it again because I have it. I think I might have gone into it looking for another kind of wicked, like a wicked and divine spinoff or something.
1: Mm. No, it's definitely the predecessor of it, and it's like part of the formation of what became wicked and divine later. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely... Mm-hmm. I mean, and the one thing I just always tell people is the proper reading order for phonogram is volume two, and then volume one, and then volume three. Oh, okay, I
2: just had volume one, and I stopped. Okay, so I'm gonna have no. to get volume
1: two. Read volume That's two good. first, and then one, and then three. And they, they I okay. think they say that too as well, actually. Okay.
2: Like, hi, we, we did this backwards.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah.
2: That's awesome
1: in terms of, like, accessibility and how it presents the uh, the central concepts of the story. Okay. Yeah.
2: That is awesome. Okay, so I'm making another that as well.
1: <laughs>
2: I'm going to be broke by the end of this month, too.
1: Okay. <laughs> oh. But, like, for real, like, it's we great. give. I love Wictiv, but Phonogram- I love Wiktiv, but PhonoGram is like my baby. <laughs> you know, I can't. I have such strong emotional like associations and relationship with it. It's like at a different level for me. But I also am sure that like in the history of their careers, like more people will look upon the Wicked and the Divine and say like, "Oh, this is like a masterpiece." Um. So yeah, I, I- it's all awesome.
2: Do you guys, um Well, it's probably hard to do this, but I like um, Thief of Thieves, I'm also trying to like go back and read this whole reread some stuff. I'm rereading some Band. I'm rereading some XO Man of War, I'm rereading some Judge Dread.
1: Mm. I never read Judge Dread and it feels like something I should like it's just such a key part of British culture, you know what I mean?
2: Yeah, and it's part though it's it's Canadian. It's actually come it came out of Canada. Oh really? And everybody yeah, and everybody, uh-huh. I take that that Canada and England, because I'm about to get yelled at. But <laughs> um, uh, everybody in this country really only thinks of Stallone's horrific movie. Yes. Um, it's not, and that's it's just, that's not it. Like, it's so, there was so much to that story, and there's so much, Also, when you look, they were one of the earliest, you know, like, quote-unquote, independent.
3: If if you weren't
2: made in America, it was apparently independent. But they had budgets, and it's interesting to see the art and see what they were doing then and how, um, how, what they were able to produce. So every now and then I like going back and looking at um, certain things. I like opening up Watchmen every now and then and going, you know the art. This still, this still stands up. The art. I mean, you know, and some of the stuff they're talking about. Some of the, you know, actually dialogue is they did. But it's interesting to see when you compare like old versus new and see what still makes a good story or what makes a good book mm-hmm. or what actually, you know, can stand the test of time. And oh my God, what were they wearing?
1: <laughs> oh, so much. Except for for me, like for a lot of Silver Age stuff, it's like, how come people aren't still wearing that in comics? Because so many of the contemporary outfits that people wear in superhero comics don't reflect clothing that actual humans wear. Um, Whereas the 70s outfits, I'm like, yeah, that's totally a great 70s outfit. Which, of course, means I would wear it now. But, like, you know, I I know not everybody is quite willing to to, to go to that place. But, like... But,
0: you know
2: what, I can't can't say anything because I watch anime, so... And that's just full of inappropriate outfits. Like, (laughs) I just... I I I giggled all the way through Killer a Kill because I was like, really? <laughs> like, oh, there man. is like, yeah, like mm. the whole thing, which was ridiculous. everybody was half naked. And, and the thing that I will say about Killer Kill is that it was equal opportunity. Most <laughs> of there was a whole brigade of dudes that were naked or half naked. It was all about clothes.
3: It's terrible.
2: So, and I mean, it's, it's great fun. But yeah, but that's why I say like yeah I'm making commentary on women's clothing and comics, but I'm over here saying that I like manga and anime. Sometimes uh, <laughs> I don't want
3: everybody
2: re- looking at me like yes I own that,
3: okay.
1: <laughs> well that's that's all. Uh, so it's been a really it's been awesome having you on the show. I want to thank you for joining us. Um, thank you for having me. Is there me. anything was fun? we need? Oh yeah, totally. Is there anything we need to wrap up beforehand, or Brett, should we do the uh, tell us where to find you bit? I'm
0: thinking the the plug time. Okay. The, the floor is yours to tell folks where to find you and website and all that fun stuff.
2: Oh, okay. Well, I'm the blurred girl, not like blurry vision. <laughs> blurred, B L E R D, D B L E R D G U R L on um, basically everywhere: Twitter, Facebook. Tumblr, um, and Instagram, um, I am hopping around basically the internet, um, I'm actually going to be either, uh, next month at C2E2, I'm figuring that out right now, so I'm not at C2E2, that weekend I will be in Philly at Amalgam Bookstore, um, which is the first black female-owned comic bookstore on the East Coast.
1: It looks tremendous, um, I want to go so bad.
2: Yeah. Yeah, i w I'm totally excited to, to check it out. There's a big podcasters of, uh I think of um event that are being put on by the Black Geek, it's a big blur event. So I'm gonna check it out, um and I will be talking about it and I have family that lives in Philly, so I'm gonna um, that's that that'll be my first time and I'm just gonna basically tell all anytime I'm in Philly that we have to <laughs> we have to meet there. I'll also um this month says Bronx Terrier's Women in Comics collective um has the big women in comics convention up in New York. I'll have all the details on that on my site. Um, but you can usually find me on Twitter, um, either live tweeting about the X file. I didn't do it tonight because I got that, that adds the roughed-up work weight. Um, or um, on Tumblr on, on my site or on Instagram. I'm daily on Twitter and Instagram.
1: So try to get
2: at me, that's where I'm at. Uh, but thank you guys so much for having me. Cause you guys have um, a great little site and a great little podcast.
1: Oh, thank
0: you. I appreciate it. You know, we might, yeah, We might have to have a, a show where we can discuss the latest round of X-Files at some point.
2: Oh, my God, yes. I'm sorry. Last you guys should week do that. With everything. Last week's episode were all... And all, you could tell the people that were live-tweeting that had never seen the show before because they were like, what are we looking at? And I was like, this is classic.
3: You, don't understand. We'll that. you know, i mean? When I'm it wraps up, we'll, we'll circle
0: back and do something.
3: Okay. <laughs> right,
0: cool. mark that down all right cool much appreciated you coming on it's been a lot
1: of fun
2: thank you guys for having me it's been awesome
1: Mm -hmm. thank you and Brett and Brett so uh, I'll be back on Wednesday with Stephen Adlewell to talk about Venture Brothers episode 2 we we I don't know if we're going to be doing like an every episode podcast thing, but we had so much positive feedback about the first episode that we will definitely be doing episode two on Wednesday. We're taping at 10 p.m.
0: Yes, yes, yes. Um, there was a massive amount of uh positive feedback about uh you and your venture brothers. Now that I, I need to go and see what I'm missing out because I really feel like yep. I'm missing out on this. You um are. So yeah, so that will be this Wednesday at 10, and then we are still figuring out the final episode of Jessica Jones, uh, Jonesing for Jessica, to discuss. Hopefully that will be within probably next week. I'm hoping. Knock on wood. Uh, And then we have awesome guests later in uh, February. We actually will have two weeks in a row of even more creators joining us and talking. So yeah, it's a busy February. Not a bad thing. Uh, But as always, thank you for listening. You can catch us every single day at graphicpolicy.com. Of course, we're on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, all at Graphic Policy, keeping it very nice and consistent. Uh, Thanks so much. Uh, The show will be up on iTunes and Stitcher a little bit after it ends and things get processed. uh, And, of course, it will be loaded up on SoundCloud where you can listen to it on demand and share it with your friends. Um, Of course, we appreciate that. So, as always, thanks for listening, and until next time, I'm Brett. And I'm Ilana. Keep it geeky.